Welcome again to the Stock of the Town podcast. This is John and Karen Pendleton with Pendleton's Country Market. We live in the Kansas River Valley, just outside of Lawrence, Kansas. We've been farming together for over 40 years, and we want to share with you about our farm and our community. And today we have the pleasure of visiting with Jim and Mary, two folks who have been working with us here at the farm for some time. Actually, Mary, when did you first start coming to the farm? It was either 12 or 13 years ago, the year you had your first hip replacement. 2010, 2011? 2011. Yeah. Okay. Or 2010. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> I thought that was indelible. <laughs> Typically Well, is. one was done in one year and one was one was done in November and one was done in January. But I remember, Mary, you coming in at the end of the day. You were working at, at the hospital. Yes. And uh, you would come in at the end of the day and say, Oh, you look like you hurt today. And it would always make me feel so good that somebody was justifying the fact that I hurt. And I knew I hurt, but nobody else did. You could see it in me. You weren't getting sympathy from your husband either. (laughs) I wasn't verbalizing it enough. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about where you were working, what you did. Uh, I can say you worked at a hospital, but... Back then, I was a clinical laboratory scientist just kind of generally helping the director with the lab. And so one day I was in Tennessee visiting my daughter and I was looking at my emails and I had one of Karen's canned emails that said, want to be a farmer? Call us. <laughs> and I thought, for workers, I yes. And I thought, I want to be a farmer because <laughs> I had just helped my daughter on her farm where she was a worker at that point in time and eventually became the director. And so I sent Karen back an email and said, I want to be a farmer. And she said, well, when you're back in the city, come see us. And so when I came back, I had an interview with you and John, which consisted of a February meeting, curled up in the kitchen, chatting. And you said, when do you want to start? And I said, I'm dressed now. And you took me in and that's when you got stuck with me. (laughs) February, that would have been greenhouse right away. It was, it was. I remember the first day Karen taught me how to fill pots. She taught me how to seed with the seeder. She taught me how to transplant, and John immediately grabbed me and took me over to the tomatoes and said, let's show you how to clip tomatoes. Oh my goodness, right And that was, yes, and so that was my first day. (laughs) And it was wonderful, and 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 you had gone through the Douglas County Master Gardener program at that point too. I had been accepted. Okay. So it started shortly after that. You're working at Providence Hospital in yes. Kansas City. You lived in Lawrence, would yes. drive over there every day, would come home, you'd be putting in hours here at the farm, and then you were also putting in hours for your volunteer work for the uh, Master Gardener program. That is true. I, I like to keep busy. <laughs> <laughs> I was living alone at that point in time, and it was pretty boring, so I tried to fill my days. And you guys happened to adopt me at a time when I sorely needed it. And so here you are 13 years later, and I'm still here with you. (laughs) Well, certainly, I I think it's easy to say that uh, 
we have enjoyed, we have appreciated, and we've needed the help <laughs> that you've provided here at the farm for all these years. And there was a section in that time a little bit later that it was, you were not here as much. Right. I moved from Lawrence to Overland Park and moved in with Jim, my partner, and there was about two years, roughly, where I didn't work much until the tornado, and then we came and helped you clean up, and not too terribly long after that, I retired, and instead of getting me on Friday night and Saturday and Sunday, you ended up with me pretty much full-time. Well, <laughs> and I brought Jim with me this time. Well, and, and, and I, I think we need to talk about, Jim, how the two of you got together. I'm, I, I know this is probably not what you want to talk about on the podcast, but I think it's fascinating. <laughs> well, it's embarrassing. I don't know about that. You want to do it? I'll, I'll start it off. Uh, Mary and I were working together. I met her actually in 1999. Uh, I became the laboratory director at Providence Medical Center at that time. I've been in healthcare for 40 years already. 30 of that was in management. So when I came to Providence Medical Center and, and met Mary, we worked together then all those years. I retired in uh, 2014 and I actually came out to the farm for the first time when it wasn't so nice to be out here. It was right after the tornado. My first time out here was to help uh, help with the tornado and, and picking up. And then when Mary retired in 2020, then we came out here uh, virtually three to four days a week, almost almost full time, but three to four days a week. Of course, we were working together, so I couldn't date her. So that's part of, part of our problems for employees employment so so uh, when I retired in 2014 she took my job surprise and uh, so she now is a laboratory director so we had a lot of things in common all the years we were together so uh, I'll take you up to the point where I, I do a lot of theater my son's a actor musician and so we were getting into a lot of theater a lot of concerts and so I would go out to Starlight and I'd tell Mary about it quite a bit. And then Mary, I took her out there one time because I had an extra ticket. And then she decided to get her own ticket. So I'll turn her over to the story at this point here. So I got season tickets and I just randomly picked a day. One that worked best with my schedule at work. And so I just happened to pick a Thursday evening and I went to the first show on the new season and I was looking around and people watching and I hear, well, hello there. And I looked up and there's Jim. And he clambers over the seat in front of him and plops down beside me. And we were chatting and I said, so where's your seat? And he goes, this is it. <laughs> Randomly it right next to me. It was meant to be. So about a month after Jim retired, we were at Starlight and Jim said, would you like me to get tickets for John's play? And I said, that would be fantastic. 
fantastic. I'd love to see John's play. And he said, "This is this is your son, not yeah. John." <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, John J O N. So he was gone then to Minnesota on his annual fishing trip, and about two to three weeks later, we were back at Starlight. And he looked at me and said, so, I got tickets. And I said, that's fantastic. And I figured he'd just give me my ticket. And he said, so where do you live? And I said, well, Lawrence. And he goes, we're in Lawrence. And I told him and he goes, okay, I'll pick you up. And about an hour before the play. And I said, well, that's just silly. Why would you want to pick me up and come all the way to Lawrence and then you have to take me all the way back? Just let me have the ticket or I'll meet you somewhere. And he goes, no, I'm going to pick you up. And I said, well, you know, I just still think that's kind of silly because that's a long way out of your way and I can just meet you. No, I'm going to pick you up. And I said, okay, because Jim can be very stubborn, <laughs> as can I. <laughs> then it was that day or the next day she was out here saying, I think I have a date. <laughs> so, so Jim asked me, and, and everybody who knew you, Mary, you had talked about Jim all these years, and we all kind of agreed. Well, it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, after I said, okay, you can pick me up, he said, do you like German food? And that's when it started to occur to me that this was perhaps a date. <laughs> so I, I went and told Karen about it the next day, and I said, do you think it's a date? She goes, oh yes, you are definitely on a date. <laughs> so, so that's how, and we've been together ever since. Ever since, yep. Ever nine, since. over nine years now. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So. And you mentioned your daughter uh, having a farm in Tennessee. I know we've gone back and forth. She's been here and we have not been there to her farm, but we sure have corresponded through the years about what she did with her farm. She had a um, not-for-profit. Um, it was an urban farm. farm. Yeah, it was an urban farm in the midst of Chattanooga. Well, I could see in, in conversations with you, too, that it was fun that as you were working here on the farm, a lot of what we would be doing would translate back to what she's doing. And exactly. And gave a lot of things in common that you were doing. Well, and we definitely have enjoyed meeting Sarah ourselves. And, yeah. and, and then throughout the years, even though we are a regular for-profit farm and she was working for a, a not-for-profit urban urban farm, much of the problems that we would have in either situation made sense. And you know, we were able to share discussions as to how do you do this and what do you do with this. And it's, uh, you know, anytime you can talk to somebody that, that has experiences with farming and the, the life of trying to grow horticultural stuff, it helps. And it was really beneficial for, I think, both Karen and Sarah to just share woes sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd say, yes, you have XYZ going on with an employee or something like that, or how hard it is to find somebody. And the other one would go, oh man, 
I understand completely. So when we talk to people about the two of you, we often say they're in charge of the greenhouse. And Indeed, I we think... are. <laughs> you have taken over the work in the greenhouse and we visit at the beginning of the day what's going to happen. And it's been very nice to have you guys here to just do what needs to be done. Thank you. We enjoy it. We it keeps us out of trouble. Too. Yeah, so it's a great, you... great feeling to be able to do that in, in the greenhouse. After all the years of dealing with people, as far as management is concerned, it's kind of nice to be in a greenhouse working with dirt, working with plants, watching what happens from a seed to a final product. It's just It just feels so good. It makes you go home at the end of the day and feel, I have actually accomplished something today. Great well, feeling. And then every once in a while, there might be an extra in the greenhouse, like a couple of kittens like this are right, right now. That's and fun. I think uh, we, have a, we also have Snappy the Snapping Turtle oh, yeah. there that, that we're trying to figure out how long we want to overwinter. But, uh, uh, but I also love the fact that we all have a little bit of time off after um, Thanksgiving oh, it slows down a little bit and, and then all of a sudden Christmas and New Year's, we've got time away from the farm pretty much. And we're not far into January and all of a sudden Mary's calling, do you need any help? <laughs> what can we do in the greenhouse? And so, you know, er early in the season, we start getting ready. Well, we're actually working on getting ready for next year already. When you guys were uh, cleaning and, and prepping the greenhouse and, and getting ready for, for spring. We usually take, I think, about three weeks off. About we half. take off right before Christmas and then we start usually about the first week of January because there's lots of stuff to do and it keeps us from being bored and twiddling our thumbs twiddling and our staring thumbs, at right? each other. So. <laughs> uh, the time goes by so fast and uh, the two major projects that we, we feel really good about are the major tomato projects that we grow you know, for the year. Uh, the, the 500 plants to take care of, that makes that makes each day go by really nice and, and we enjoy that. It's fun. I've always loved planting things and growing things and so this is kind of a dream come true actually. <laughs> I, I hope you find it somewhat therapeutic, but did you ever think you'd be working this hard and this many hours once you retired? <laughs> no, we didn't actually. When we retired, we thought we would work one maybe two days a week and about two to three weeks after i retired guess what hit mm -hmm. <laughs> covid we were spending time looking at each other going this is not gonna work well and we asked karen and john if we could up our hours and and work and they certainly needed the help, needed the help. yeah so on we came and we went from one day a week to four to five days a week. But I also enjoy listening to the stories of on the, the days off or the weekends off where you get to go fishing locally, but also the fact that you're able to plan a, a serious trip up north mm -hmm. and do some major fishing in your old stopping grounds and, right. and uh, with some friends. Yeah, born and raised in Minnesota, so we get back there every once in a while. Lived in Montana for 17 years, and we make the trip about every second or third year because we're just too far to drive. But ever since we moved to the Kansas City area, virtually every summer, 
the family gets together and now Mary's part of the family so she gets to go up there too we kind of take over a whole resort up in Minnesota and I go up there for walleye fishing and of course we got the kids up there so there's water skiing tubing swimming boating all kinds of things that we try to keep the kids active at and the nice thing about it is nobody has to go to work so everybody's there and we all take turns cooking so nobody gets stuck on the stove all the time so we have a great great week uh, we, and we hope to catch some fish <laughs> and we don't have a clue what's going on in the world yeah no tv no radio nothing if it's if there's a radio on it's on music only uh, so we lose track of what's happening for one whole week in the world but you are aware that I'm at home worried that I'm not going to do a good enough job taking care of the greenhouse while you're gone. I want it to still be alive when you get back because you, you always leave it in, in perfect shape when you, when you do take off a couple of days. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the fact that they do get away and go enjoy themselves once in a while. They don't have the nose to the grindstone all the time. No. Well, I always find it amusing because every time we go somewhere, whether it's to Tennessee to see our daughter Sarah or to Minnesota to go fishing, what we always hear from both of you separately is, we'll try and keep everything alive while you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The pressure's on us. <laughs> so you are working in the greenhouse. Almost everyone, when they come to interview for a job here at the farm, they say, oh, I want to work in a greenhouse. They think that's just the most wonderful place to work. And I need to take some pictures of you, Mary, when you leave at the end of the day. <laughs> I think you've got several after 13 years. <laughs> it's especially after working with the tomato plants. Once they get tall enough, taking suckers off and putting the clips on them when, when the tomatoes are starting to get really, really tall. There is nothing worse than being covered head to toe with chlorophyll all over your hands and all over your clothes and, and then the sweat from the heat of the greenhouse and the, and the hard work, but uh, you've always got a smile coming through. <laughs> she does, she's the only person I know who the dirtier and the hotter she is when she leaves, the happier she is. <laughs> yep, I, I love Jim, growing so things. Nice to come along. I do, yeah. I <laughs> And I, what I don't understand is I look like Pigpen at the end of the day, and, and Jim is still pristine. And he works every bit as hard as I do, if not harder. But dirt just doesn't cling doesn't for cling some reason. And I'm taller. That helps a lot, too. Oh, I'm down farther. Well, I actually wanted to kind of somehow bring that up. The fact that you are taller than the average person. That really does come in handy it does. working on the tomatoes. And I never made the six foot mark. I was uh, five eleven and a half, but it's you know those few extra inches makes a huge difference when you're working on tomato plants that are getting eight nine feet tall and, and uh, working. So, so for our listeners who don't know, we raise the tomatoes on a single stem and uh, have them clipped to a twine that comes down from the ceiling of the greenhouse, and so. Late in the season, you are harvesting tomatoes that are 12 feet off 12 the ground. 12 feet off the ground, right. The tomatoes kind of form a canopy. And so we have to not only pick them basically up to the ceiling, but also the ones that are hanging from the trellised part, the canopy part. 
so Jim doesn't need a ladder for most a long of time. time. Most of the time. <laughs> Whereas I'm on the ladder after they get to be about six feet tall. I'm clambering up and down a ladder because <laughs> I'm only 5'8". So. You're retired. Yes. So I, I can say you're a little bit older than a lot of the younger people who are working on the farm. Do you find that the relationship with the, the younger kids also helps to keep things a little more fun? Oh, absolutely. They're younger than most of our children. Yeah, they are. Actually. But they've all been uh, terrific. I have found that having different ages working on the farm, people coming from different areas of interest, just everybody having a different background, but especially the different ages, it kind of teaches everybody um, empathy for each other, um, understanding. Um, tolerance. Tolerance, yeah, that's yeah. A good, good. <laughs> I find that having the different age groups on the farm is, is good for me. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is, and, and we do. We learn a lot from each other. It's amazing what you can learn from the young people. It's uh, it, it keeps us young, too. It keeps us going and just trying to keep up with them. Yeah. From our end, it is wonderful to have you guys kind of set the pace because they can't really complain about <laughs> the hard work when they realize, oh my goodness, Jim and Mary are staying longer than we are here at the farm. They're ready to go home and you guys are still hard at it. I remember when I first started, Karen and I would go out and plant and we'd harvest and Karen would say, I might be getting up in age a little bit, but I can still outwork and outpace these guys. And she could, she, <laughs> she was fun. So I, I learned to try and keep up with Karen, which was difficult some days. What's some advice or insights for individuals who are uh, contemplating a retirement job? By all means, pursue something you love. Or and do it with or drag you some <laughs> drag somebody you love with you, <laughs> and he'll end up loving it yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, it makes it very nice that you got your partner with you all day long while you're working. It makes it very, very nice. I've been in the outdoors my whole life, and this is, is just an extension of that. Being uh, in the greenhouse and then, you know, fresh air, it's open most of the time during the year. You know, it gives you that feeling that you, you truly are outdoors. I love fishing, I love hunting, and so this just fits right in. I feel so comfortable, so at ease. Stress anymore, after retirement, stress has been, very very minimal because you know working for me is relaxation and and again getting something accomplished and feeling good at the end of the day that something has really been done and it's been great you have a good day with the people that are around you and you love what you're doing it makes for a great great day retirement that way has been great since 2014 it's been a great retirement i can tell you that Oh boy. Well, and I think Karen and John's retirement uh, might be intertwined with your potential second retirement. <laughs> at about the time that Jim and Mary decide, oh, we don't have time to go out to the farm anymore, that's when uh, I think John and Karen might say, well, maybe we better quit and do something a little bit different. <laughs>
This has been so much fun sitting down with you guys, and uh, we kind of have a mutual admiration society going here. And we want to thank everybody who's been listening to the Stock of the Town these, these last months now. I hope everyone's enjoying it. You can donate to the Stock of the Town and help us to continue it to be an advertiser-free production. Just click the Support the Show link on wherever you listen to your podcast. We thank you again for supporting our podcast by telling your friends, family, and co-workers about the stock of the town as we talk about our farm and our community.